Welcome to True Drew Podcast, your source for all things Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Avery, and on this podcast, we'll discuss everything from the Nancy Drew books, to computer games, to movie adaptations, and TV shows. Nothing is off the table. So if you're a True Drew, you'll definitely want to tune in for this podcast. Hello, True Drews, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. We're just a few days before Christmas and Christmas Eve. I cannot believe that this month is almost over. I hope that you all have been able to enjoy the holidays and spend time with friends and family. I know that sometimes this is a hard time of year for a lot of people, myself included, especially when you're missing loved ones, but I hope you have been able to embrace the reason for the season and just had some time, downtime from your jobs and other stressful things going on in your life. I'm actually really excited because Christmas Eve is really big with my family. We always get together and with my dad's side of the family and we have tons of food, tons of fun and games and just getting to see everybody is always really nice. And I don't know, Christmas Eve has always been more fun for me than Christmas morning. It's just more festive and and fun, I guess, because it's at night. It's also kind of cool because we're going with my husband's family to Disney. I have never gone on vacation during Christmas, so this is a big first for me, and I've definitely never gone to Disney around this time of year, so I'm kind of excited. I'm, I'm like, I'm really wanting to ride like the Ratatouille ride. There's, there's so many things, and I love Epcot, and I haven't been to Disney in probably like 11, 12 years, so it should be really fun. So even though I'll be gone this next week, don't worry, I will still release a podcast episode on Thursday. I'll pre-record and set that up for y'all. Okay, so now we're going to jump into episode 11, and today we're going to be talking about the Sign of the Twisted Candles, which is the ninth book in the Nancy Drew series. Now, this book was written in 1933, and I grew up with the revised cover, and it used to scare me as a kid. I don't know, it just looked like a really creepy book. And it it had some creepy elements to it in the plot, but it's not nearly as scary as it looks. So we're going to jump right into these covers. And if you want to ever know what these covers look like before the episode airs on our Instagram, True Drew Podcast, I always post these covers the day before, so on Wednesday. So you kind of go into the episode knowing a little bit about what they look like. So this first cover we're looking at is the 1930s version, and we have Nancy. She's wearing a white dress and she's got the cutest little red bow on the front of it and a red accent on the belt at her waist. Uh, She's looking super fashionable. She's got a cute hat on and it's kind of tilted to the side. But we have Asa Sidney who is sitting at this table in what I presume is the tower room in the inn that he is being kept in. And we see these twisted candles all around the room. And we see Mr. Jimmett, the inn's owner, crouched behind the door and eavesdropping, which this does happen in the book. So this pretty accurately captures that scene. Also, looking at this picture, tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I feel like Nancy looks a lot like Kirsten Dunst here. It's just, it's just a vibe that I'm getting. Now, as for the second cover, we have Nancy, and she is looking out a window from the inn, which the inn is actually called the Sign of the Twisted Candles. I thought it was weird. I thought, you know, why not just call the inn the Twisted Candle Inn or something? But anyway, the Sign of the Twisted Candles Inn. Nancy's looking out the window, and she sees Mr. Jimmett burying a box, which he stole from Asa Sidney. So it's, she's got a belt on and she's wearing like what looks like a cardigan sweater and a skirt. She's got the blonde hair. She looks very similar to the Nancy we see on 
the revised cover of the Secret of Redgate Farm. Almost identical, but on the right side of the cover instead of the left. Now for the last cover, and this is the cover that I grew up with as a kid, we have a predominantly green cover and there's a huge twisted candle in the foreground. And then we have Nancy down in the bottom right corner. She's got the red flipped out hair. And then we have Asa Sydney, who looks honestly really sinister. He's got this long overgrown beard and I don't know why, but he used to scare me as a kid when I would look at this book. But He's actually one of the nicer characters in this book. So I actually came up with several funny cover spoofs and I did the revised edition. So that last one that I just mentioned where it's green and we have Nancy in the candle and Asa Sydney in the background. And I had my husband come up with the first cover spoof. And so he said, the mystery of what birthday is this for you again? Or how old are you? Because <laughs> it does kind of look like a birthday candle. And I came up with two cover spoofs, and the first one is the sign of the twisted earwax candle. <laughs> because this candle always looked like just earwaxy to me as a kid. It was like green and melted and twisted looking. I don't know, it's kind of weird looking. And then the second cover spoof that I came up with is the mystery of the sullen Santa Claus. Because Asa Sidney looks just really mad. He looks like Christmas has been canceled for him or something. I mean, when you read the book, you see why Asa Sidney is so sad. It's kind of, it's he's kind of a tragic character in this book. Now, as far as rating these book covers, I gave them five magnifying glasses. I think that each of these covers has something different to offer. And they each kind of showcase, at least the first two, scenes that are directly happening in the book. I feel like the artist did a fantastic job on each of these covers, so five magnifying glasses across the board. Now, there are several characters in this book, and we've already referenced Asa Sidney, who is the older man on the covers of these books. There's Bess and George, they're in this book. There is the Jimmets. Uh, Jacob Sidney and Pete Boonton. These are people that are respectively related to Bess and George. There's Carol Whipple, who is the foster daughter of the Jimmets and works at the inn. And there is Jenny. She's mentioned briefly, but that was Asa's wife. So I tried to come up with as brief a synopsis as I could that still kind of explains everything that's happening. So let's get to it. Nancy, Bess, and George get caught in a storm on their way to visit a relative of Bess and George at the sign of the Twisted Candle Inn. Rumor has it Asa Sidney is being held in a tower against his will. The girls decide to have dinner with him in the tower when they overhear a girl, Carol, say it's his 100th birthday. The Jimmets, her foster parents and owners of the inn, are furious. As the girls are later leaving, they run into not one, but two of Bess and George's relatives. Everyone wants Asa Sidney's fortune. The next day, Nancy tries to talk to Bess and George, but they snub her. Nancy later gets a mysterious call from Carol saying Asa Sidney wants to speak to her father and make a new will. Nancy and Carson go to the inn, and Nancy sees Mr. Jimmett burying Asa Sidney's chest. She goes to get it and then to town to get the bank president Carson needs to witness the signing of Asa Sidney's will. She has to outrun and outsmart Mr. Jimmett, who chases her. Later, when Nancy goes to update Bess and George, they snub her and won't talk to her again. Asa Sidney also tells Nancy and Carol that the twisted candles in the mansion mark where he's hidden valuables. The next morning, Nancy gets a call that Asa Sidney has died. Nancy and Hannah are instructed to stay at the inn by Carson while the legalities are sorted out. The will is read with all the family present, and Bess and George still won't talk to Nancy. Carol Whipple is awarded over half the estate. 
Later, Nancy catches Mr. Hill, the bank president, sneaking around, and he and Jimmett get into a fight. Nancy takes Carol shopping and makes up with Bess and George. Later, she and Ned are double-crossed by a Mr. Creel, who drugs Nancy and hides her under a bed. Nancy, in the end, proves that the Jimmets are abusive and can no longer be Carol's foster parents. Carol was Asa Sidney's great-grandniece and helps find more family heirlooms in the tower at the end. So, the newspaper headline synopsis that I came up with for this book is Family Feud Over, Boonton's and Sydney's Unite Over Lost Relative, Asa Sydney's Fortune Divvied Up. You know, it was kind of interesting in reading this book. The Boonton's and the Sydney's have this huge rivalry and, you know, they both think they deserve this man's fortune. And it really struck me as very Hatfields and McCoys in a way. Also, if you're not sure who the Hatfield and McCoys are, they were a family in the Virginia and Kentucky area who fought mercilessly from 1863 to 1891. That's kind of in my neck of the woods. But yeah, the feuds between these two families, it was giving that. It was giving Montagues and Capulets, just very like legendary rivalries. So I took down a few notes for this book and the first note that I have is marriage between a Boonton and a Sydney, but they're related. There was some weird things in this book that kind of made me believe there was some inner marriage, inner relations here. It was, it was a little bit odd. I don't remember the exact breakdown of the family tree, but it was a little bit suspicious. But if you think about it, the 1930s is when this first version of this book was written. And I mean, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Eleanor Roosevelt, that was uh, in their time and they were distantly related and got married. So super weird though. The next note that I took down is that Mrs. Jimmett hits Carol and Nancy with a hairbrush. Like, she starts attacking them because she's mad at Carol for talking to Asa Sidney. And I was like, no, like, lady, mm -mm. like, hitting underage girls, hitting anybody with a hairbrush, like, sit down, stay in your lane. Also, just the fact that the Jimmets are making Asa Sidney stay up sequestered in this tower by himself. He's 100 years old. Like, if Nancy, Bess, and George hadn't come along, he would have not even celebrated his birthday with anyone. It was really sad. I mean, elder abuse. I'm, I'm telling you. It was in another book, uh, Hidden Staircase. We talked about this. But you see it in some of these books, and it's so sad. Now, the next note of interest that I wrote down was Carol, which is the girl who is the foster daughter of the Jimmets, says she was left in a church as a baby. And I wrote, her parents literally said, give her to Jesus. I know we've talked about elder abuse and boat accidents in these Nancy Drew books, but it's also quite alarming how many times kids become orphans or are in a situation where they have abusive foster parents, too. This is not the first time and it will not be the last time that you see this. My next note just says Carol equals Cinderella. Her mean adopted parents made her wash clothes and ditches as a kid. And Carol works at the inn that they own and she's constantly being yelled at to go fix dinner or wash something or mop the entryway. And yeah, it just, it struck me as very Cinderella-esque. And then we've got this older man in the tower. It, it's, it's a bit like a fairy tale. Now, the next most heartbreaking thing that happened in this book was the fact that Nancy, Bess, and George had a fight. And Bess and George would not talk to Nancy at all because her father consulted with Asa Sidney and helped him write his new will. 
And so Bess and George's families basically told them, don't talk to that Nancy Drew girl because, you know, her father is involved and she's involved and we're not going to get our money that we're rightly owed. And that was so upsetting to me. Like, I remember as a kid, I was like, no, Nancy, Bess and George are supposed to get along. Like, granted, Bess and George fight all the time, but like... Nancy, Bess, and George are like the Three Musketeers or Charlie's Angels. Like, they're the they're perfect trio of mystery-solving crime stoppers. So, it made me so sad that they fought in the majority of this book. So, basically, Nancy goes to talk to George, and she won't even talk to Nancy. Won't even come out of her house. But then she goes to talk to Bess, and Bess comes to the door, but she says, Oh, I don't think I care to come when Nancy's inviting her to the twisted candle in and that was just like oh an arrow to the heart like Bess is just like yeah I don't want to hang out with you like Bess is usually the bubbly one the fun one the you know loving and compassionate one I was like oh my gosh though she can like ice you out though <laughs> so my next note is just Nancy opens a chimney and all these bats come out at the end and Hannah pulls the back of her skirt up over her head. And I just wrote, I assume she was wearing a slip. But just that whole image is just comical to me. You know, these bats are flying around and Nancy gets soot all over her. It's it's quite an episode. Like, did Nancy learn nothing from Helen Corning when she opened that chimney at Twin Elms in the hidden staircase? Like, if you're going to open that, lean back. Like, get out of the way because that soot's just going to come and fly all over you. So my final note is the Jimmets tried to whip Carol with a legitimate whip and push Nancy out the tower window. Yeah, Nancy and her father have that case in the bag. The Jimmets will never be foster parents to Carol again. Now for the add that to your resume section. I put that Nancy is a stunt driver because she escapes Mr. Jimmett He's chasing after her because he realizes that she dug up that box that he was hiding from everyone. And he gets so mad at her. He, she, like, does some hairpin turns and pulls off of a road. And he, like, he can't even keep up with her. So, Nancy could be a NASCAR driver. I also put down that Nancy is an excellent treasure locator. She goes all around the inn and she finds all these twisted candles, which, I mean, granted... Asa Sidney told them, he was basically like, yeah, if you see a twisted candle, that's where my valuables are. So, I mean, is it that hard to find these things? Maybe not. And the next thing that I said Nancy could add to her resume basically ties in with the stunt driver. She could just be a basic stunt woman because she goes climbing this ladder up to the tower and she's all up over the roof. And I mean, the amounts of times that Nancy climbs roofs is kind of concerning. I'm just like, mm, you might want to want to stop doing that. So the next segment of the podcast is what's cooking with Hannah Gruen. And Hannah was around for quite a bit of this book. She went to the inn with Nancy several times. So she cooked quite a few signature dishes. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Signature dishes. Ugh, if you'd heard the amount of times that I tried to record that. So up first on the list is one of Hannah Gruen's tried and true recipes, hot cocoa and handmade cookies. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. She also made waffles and then she made tea and toast. And all these things sound pretty appetizing. And then it looks like Carol, you know, because she's at the end too, she made something called butterfly pie. And it's described as being lemon chiffon with wafers shaped like butterfly wings. So kind of interesting. 
and then also roast beef was made. So quite a few tasty snacks and entrees were made in this book. Now we've come to the part of this episode where I like to talk about the things I liked and the things I didn't like about this book. So I really liked that Carol had a happy ending. I mean, she's been beaten with a hairbrush. She's been whipped. She's been made to like suffer and do all these chores all the time. And I'm glad that she had a happy ending. I'm glad that her and Asa Sidney had a deeper connection because they were obviously friends. I think Carol felt pity for him because he was locked in this tower, but it was really cool that she ended up being his great grandniece. I also liked the inn. It sounded really cool. Like, aside from the weird name, the sign of the Twisted Candles Inn, that could have definitely been shortened to maybe get more people to come. But uh, I thought it sounded really cool. The, the tower and I'm just picturing this stone imposing mansion-like thing out in the countryside. Like I would go there, but only if there aren't any bats and I don't get hit with a hairbrush. As for the things I didn't like, at the top of the list is Bess, George, and Nancy fighting. On the one hand, I liked that we got this dimensional aspect to the plot because it's it's kind of real, you know, friends fight, friends make up all the time. And so while I I liked that for the drama that it helped with the story, I, it still made me sad, especially when Bess was like, I don't care to come. It was just like, oh gosh, like I'm going to cry. I mean, that's way worse than George just refusing to talk to Nancy. I mean, someone being like, I don't want to hang out with you. Like that's, that's awful. Like my kindergarten heart was just like, oh, it's like being rejected on the playground all over again. Now, the other thing that I didn't like about this book was the Jimmets. They were awful people. They locked Asa Sidney in this tower. They basically gave him the bare minimum to eat. They didn't let him have any human contact. They didn't even really want Carol going up there, but she would sneak up there to see him. And they hit Carol. They were just abusive verbally, physically, emotionally. I was just like, y'all are the worst people. Why are you foster parents? Like, you don't have to be. Oh, but as soon as a fortune was mentioned and it was mentioned that Carol gets half the estate, then the Jimmets were like, oh, Carol, you're our only daughter and we love you so much. And it's just like, guys, shut up. You have been hitting her with a hairbrush and you've been making her just, ugh, ugh. I don't like people like that. They make me so angry. Now for the book rating on this one, I gave it three magnifying glasses. I thought it was a good book. There were some great points to it. It was fairly predictable though, like the Jimmets and their whole scheme and just, I kind of had it pegged from the beginning. I like a little more mysteries in my mysteries, you know? You know what I mean? I will say that it was a good book and it was an entertaining read. Some of these books are a little harder to read and some of them are really a joy and a pleasure to read and I, I did like this one. But like I've said, I'm, I'm trying to be really strict with my grading system. So I want to know what you think. Do you think this was a fair rating for this book? If so, or, or if not, let me know on our Instagram, which is True Drew Podcast. And if you all would like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening, I would really appreciate it. I love making these episodes and have loved just delving into the world of Nancy Drew for this podcast. So that concludes our episode for The Sign of the Twisted Candles. Next week for episode 12, we're going to be talking about The Password to Larkspur Lane, the 10th book in the Nancy Drew series. 
as always, thank you all for listening. I love sharing my thoughts on these Nancy Drew books. And I guess next time I see you all or talk to you all, it will be after Christmas. So Merry Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas. And I hope you guys have a happy holidays. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Drew Podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on the latest information and new episodes, our Instagram is True Drew Podcast. Or for general inquiries, you can email us at truedrewpodcast at gmail.com.